This is the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right. We are back from our break there. We were, me and Austin are talking about the dorm life, of how things were back on campus during my day and compared to things now. And I'm like, and I'm loving it. Like I mentioned, I just like the way uh, Coach Rule has then implemented the form this format because it's going to continue. Like I said before break, it's going to continue to help these student athletes adjust to things in life because you're going to be at a job where just like a coach, a manager, department head, CEO of a company that you're working for, if you don't have your own company, you got to you got to abide by certain rules or you got to do certain things that you may not like. This right here gets you ready for that. You know, something in sports in traditional sports that I learned right away as a kid is like I don't have a control. I don't have control over a lot <laughs> during practice. I either have to conform to it or butt heads with it. And I learned real, I was a smart kid, you know, two older mm-hmm. brothers that beat me up. You know, I had a mom and a dad that stuck on me real hard and a sister too. So I learned real fast how to go the easy route and not the easy route. So where everything is obviously easy on long way. No, the route of less conflicts. When you already know that you were going to face conflicts, it's like, you know what? It's a smart decision to go this way. It might be a little bumpier to go that way. I'm going to just make it easy on myself and check this one out over here. And it's the better decision nine times out of ten. So, Which um, conflicts, which battles are worth fighting? You know, exactly. It's going to give enough. So do I want to create more for myself or can I can I sit this one out and just wait for the next one? Correct. So I, I had that going on at a real young age and obviously through high school college once i got to nebraska it was there so that i was like okay yeah this is it's not i don't control this team i'm not the head coach and (laughs) and i was okay actually i was excited to be in a dorm in a dorm life because i watched a lot of movies seen a lot of tv shows heard older kids talk about dorm life and i'm like oh okay you kind of own your own it's in a it's it's kind of an apartment but it's not you know even though it's set up that way but it's part of the school's campus um living quarters for 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 students so i'm like okay you know so now like i said it's very very good thing because you hear the comments of the kids in the post-practice interview and you know they they're 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 just a little couple things that here and there that they i said they're adjusting to you know i'm not saying complaining they're adjusting to that's a the way you look at it the way i look at it and that's good they don't realize that is a part of training camp and it's actually going to be something that just that part right there might help them later in the season on the football field or in the classroom. You know, so right. hopefully they realize that. I think it's good, too, that it doesn't come across as complaining. And I think that's a credit to the young men, right, for making the best mm-hmm. of their situation, for having an openness and a willingness. But I also think some credit goes to the staff for instilling that attitude and that culture that quickly. The guys that have spoken for the most part, so far have been older guys who've either been around the team for a while or like in MJ Sherman's case has been around college football for a while, has that culture down at the highest level. Mm -hmm. And I think the credit to that, you know, goes to the players obviously for buying into it, but to the coaching staff, right. For picking the right representatives to send in front of the media that are going to put on the best face because messaging is a part of it, but also the coaching staff for instilling that attitude. 
for getting yeah. the players to buy in to that training camp sort of mentality, the embrace the newness, embrace the suck mentality, and even just early media training, right? Not every player 100%. could handle that. It no. might be the same message. It might come across as whiny from one player, even if that's not the intention. So Correct. I think even though it is just, you know, day four today of fall camp, they're good signs. They don't mean anything for wins and losses, but they're Correct. good signs to point in the right direction. Yeah, good attitude. And that's what you want, you know. And like you mentioned, uh, Coach Rule and his staff had all the spring. And then right after that, before the rest of school let out for the summer in May to – send those messages in different ways, reaching out to the players, checking in on them, something that Coach Osborne did, so Coach Solis did, and I think individual coaches did throughout the post-spring ball season because it was just a few weeks of school left, and then knowing the athlete is, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready to get home, visit my family for a few weeks, and trying to hang out with your boys sometimes and don't want to lose focus to that and what's really the mission at hand, the goal at hand is coming back or not even leaving sometimes for players. I know I, I never left until I got drafted. I didn't do no spring breaks, nothing. When I got to the league, that's when I finally did a spring break. <laughs> Thank God I had a good friend in Miami to help me out with that. So it was just good weather, you know, for a week long. I was like, man, I never partook in a spring break. I remember all hearing the other students, oh, man, I was in South Padre Island or I went to Hawaii or whatever. I'm like, y'all suck. They're like, How? where are you? Why? Right. I'm like, where are you? Where are you? They were like, I'm on, where are you at? I was like, I was here. And playing football and spring ball, so <laughs> but no, it, you know it was, it, but it was something like I said, it just for every for the whole experience for a player and understanding why they're doing this is, is a good thing, and they'll 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 learn that they'll learn that. So switch gears for a second, you know, some unfortunate. It was actually this was actually the first day or walking into the first day, you hear that uh, Bob Wagner, the tight ends coach, a successful Texas coach down in Texas Arlington, Martin High School. Think of over a hundred plus wins or something crazy, two hundred something plus wins. Um, mm -hmm. Resigned due to DUI, and I say the big. And I don't want to rest on this whole lot. I, I know everybody's covered this a thousand times. I know how media works. I just want to bring it up because it's just a thing that it's different ways. Obviously, you want to start your camp. You know, as a head coach, you want to go in after the first week, after every practice, not just the first week, but every practice. There is a account. You know, after every practice, the coach should sit down, the head coach say, all right, how was today? How did the tight ends do? How did the running backs do? How did the DBs do? What did the defense look like to the DC, to the D coordinator? Offense look like to the old court, you know, offensive coordinator, things like that. But then to have a coach, you know, that you've probably known for a long time and he's going to mention, you know, he was going to be one of their best recruiters being a Texas guy. You know, it's not there because of that reason, just – you just got to make sure. And, he, and I've seen Matt Rule do this. I saw him do it at the Big Ten Media Day. I saw him do it at his first press conference to handle the, the tough questions being thrown at him. So he's very, obviously, like you mentioned, media side, media side of training. He has the savvy to handle those questions, to deal with that, and to know how to say the, say the things he needs to say. It's not saying the right words, the right comments. Mm -hmm. It's just saying the things you need to say. Because as a leader, that's an uncomfortable situation. And the one thing I love about being a leader is, we like to be uncomfortable. So he he took it and did a great job with it. Explaining that it's just unfortunate for those the tight ends. You know, they gotta adjust to a new coach and uh, I believe uh Josh Josh Martin, who has who has some experience behind him. He's young, um, 35 years old in terms of taking over, but that's a great opportunity for him. Again, we were just talking about adjustment with the dorm rooms and everything. 
So this is an adjustment for a coach and a room of tight ends that did not know this was coming. This was coming. And this was this is what adjustment is about. Sometimes you see it coming. Sometimes you don't. And the toughest one is that second one is when you don't see it coming, mm -hmm. then you're really like either scratching your head or, oh, my God, why this happened? And once you get past that, it's like, all right, what's going to be my next step? When I'm, what is going to be my mindset to help this situation for me, for the teammates next to me, you know, as a player to my coach, you know, what I'm, what I'm going to take from this and help my training camp get better or go from this point on, because like, again, I like, so I'm in the teaching mode. I'm, I'm a coach. I'm a teacher. So having those, that conversation with yourself, because some players, they could take that as a situation to take advantage of in a negative way. You know, oh, I got a new coach. This new, this young coach ain't going, you know, he don't know nothing. He don't know me. So there it's negative. And, oh, he don't, he's not going to put me in the right situation or I'm not going to get in a rotation. I'm not going to get enough reps that they could be thinking about that. And then, or you could be the other guy that's thinking, you know what, this is all right. New coach, just like I adjusted to him back in the spring. Now I just got to go down that same road um, and talk with coach Martin, you know, Josh here to see what type of coach he is to see what he likes out of us as players out of me as a as a player and learn learn that stuff fa as fast as you possibly can so you then can be you know somebody that the coach knows that you have his buy-in and that he could depend on you as a player as a teammate to to other tight ends in the room to make that room you know gel together and be that 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 uh i say that one punch for something with that offense that they're going to have they're going to need the tight ends this this year and what I've heard the how the offense is uh is is schemed. So making sure those players are on the same page is gonna be huge. So having that mindset will help you get there a lot faster. And it's gonna be tougher because you lose uh that, that tight end continuity, right? You go from Jack mm -hmm. Stoll to Austin Allen to Travis Vokalek, guys that have been in the program that were leaders that put the work in that rose up the ranks. It's an unproven room. Thomas Fedoni has been there for a few years. Uh mm -hmm. the coaching staff liked him in the spring, but he hasn't done anything on the field. Eric Gilbert has bounced around a little bit. He's still looking to prove himself. Nate Borkinger right. is a walk-on. You've lost some guys to the defensive side of the ball throughout the offseason. So it's going to be tougher for the players to pick themselves up, but that's to some degree what they have to do. But I also think the fact that Josh Martin is there waiting in the wings mm -hmm. is a credit to that rule for going and getting good analysts, right? Not being comfortable with just the you know nine other coaches that can be on the field with guys. But that's where I think Nebraska can exploit a market inefficiency and that there's no cap that I know of on the number of analysts you can have. You can hire anyone you want as an analyst. Gary Patterson yep. went as an analyst to Texas. Plenty of guys whose names you know go to Alabama as analysts and just help out behind the scenes. Yep. Josh Martin being at you know a Power 5 school in Arizona State, a solid football program in the American and SMU. Yep, being SMU, on really good school. Yeah, as a special teams analyst, they're ready to go. If Matt Rule can build, you know, a stable of coaches ready to move up, because if Nebraska gets successful, we see it with the best teams all the time, their assistants get coached. They move up to coordinator jobs other places, coordinators mm -hmm. get head coaching jobs. If you have analysts in the building or position coaches ready to step up into coordinator roles, being able to keep that continuity and hire further down the totem pole upsets less of the apple cart. It mm -hmm. makes that continuity stronger. And I think that's something Nebraska could utilize. Yeah, it's something that I mean, especially now with a, another change coming through with the new coaching staff and all the players starting to understand that change 
and what type of change it is. It's, it's a positive change. And it's a it's a change I've, I've heard in the conversation the players are having with the media in their com- in their comments. And you hear stuff. Like, oh, yeah. Training camp or spring ball. It was like this. And now we've been at it four months already. I'm already used to this. Now you're hearing those little comments um, from I mean, even way the players are coming in the way they look. You know, I've heard players that were a little bit heavier last year or even going into the spring. And now they look leaner you know, at the deep tackle, at the linebacker positions, they look more athletic. And so that's just a, a shade to the hat, um, a tip to the hat to the strength coaches and that are in the building now that I met this past uh, spring. So they're doing a great job along with the coaching staff because they have to marry together to make sure they got those athletes in a condition for what Matt Rule is going to have, you know, with the dual practices they're having. They're having two practices at a time where players can get more reps. That is a beautiful thing because – Coach Osborne used to do that. And I know Matt talked to Coach Osborne about that. Having multiple stations or multiple practices is an example of that. Because now, as a freshman, they could have, like I mentioned, I heard Matt Rule said, that every freshman could have 40 reps instead of one or two reps of practice. Mm-hmm. For, getting 40 reps as a freshman, that's all it's all about. That is all it is about. Getting the reps, getting that experience. So then... When it comes game time, somebody goes down, obviously, my, you know, i.e. my experience, I'm ready to go. The only thing foreign to me was being a starter, you know, getting hit by D1 linebackers or D1 D tackles, you know, run out running guys or being chased by guys was nothing new because I had the black shirts defense that was doing to me on the daily in practice that I couldn't wait to be running away from. I'm like, look, I'm tired of running away from Christian and Jay Foreman right now because they're in the backfield way too much. I'd rather deal with K-State's linebackers. Cause I'm faster than them or I'm bigger than them and get up out there and score some touchdowns. So, so yeah, it's just <laughs> on, on a great that, thing. <clears throat> on that, on the text line, drumstick asks, what's the biggest hit you've ever delivered on a defender in your career? Dish the punishment out yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say 06. Um, if we go NFL wise, 06 as a Packer, we played the Cardinals here in Lambeau field mid season. And I caught a linebacker. I know his number right off the hand, 54 at that time. So if you look up the Arizona Cardinal roster from 2006, number 54, he was a pretty good linebacker too, heavy. He had to be at least 250. And he came in the wrong way to me. It just say that. <laughs> and I, I did something that a lot of running backs and even linebackers use from time to time. It's called one same foot, same shoulder. So that means Whatever foot I'm going to go into contact with, I'm going with that foot and the foot shoulder at the same angle, at the same moment. So they lined up. So it feels like a brick wall when you're hitting me. So it was my right foot and my right shoulder. I got them lined up and I just did a six inch Bruce Lee punch into him. Bow! And he fell like a sack of potatoes. And I was actually shocked. I didn't think it worked. And it did. I was like, ooh, my intent wasn't to knock him out. My intent was to hit him to let him know. This is what you got to deal with. And I'm about to get five more yards. So you're going to come on a ride. It just so happened. His head was in the wrong place. It was his his head and my shoulder. That don't equal out. No. Just letting y'all know that. All kids listening in. If you're going in for a tackle and you're going to hit, don't hit with your head. Hit with your shoulder. You'll, you'll win most of the time. So he didn't. He felt that his shoulder hit my, his head hit my shoulder, my right shoulder. And he was, he was night, night. So night. <laughs> night did I, I found the roster do we want to call this guy out or just want to leave it at 54 uh no we can leave it at 54 okay. 
I'm nice. Let's be nice today. I'm in the I'm in a good mood today. That's all. Okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, I say on that note, let's uh, we gotta take another break again. Like like we like Jay says, we gotta get the bills paid. So me and Austin will be back. Talk a little bit of esports before we wrap up this show today on the Mind Green Show. Talk to you, talk to you in a little bit.